0: Crossing things off your to-do list like becoming a first-time homebuyer just got easier thanks to the folks at Keller Williams Realty. I was able to discuss the steps it would take to purchase my dream loft and come up with a plan to put it in motion. So if owning property is a goal of yours, hit up My KW Preferred Realtor Laura Forte at 312-405-4187. Or email Laura Forte at KW.com. You can also browse new and available properties at Forte Now let's start the show. The Vicky Street Show. Home. she got it, you wanna see her, you know she got it, you wanna be her, you know she got it, you wanna meet her, you know she got it, you wanna be her, who that bad bitch mm mm-hmm. Your girl Vicky Street and welcome back to another episode of the Vicky Street Show podcast edition and today I'm excited because I'm talking to one of the biggest promoters in the city if you ask me I mean this man be throwing day parties night parties lunch parties everything <laughs> so without further ado let's welcome to the show Sigma Chris welcome
1: thank you thank you thank you what's up everybody
0: what's yeah. up how you feeling today first of all
1: uh, I feel amazing how about you
0: I'm good. I had to ask how you doing, cause like, like I feel like I see you at a party every single day at this point. <laughs> and I just gotta check on your well-being. Are you okay? I, you drinking water? You got sleep?
1: I appreciate that. I don't know about the sleep, but I'm definitely drinking water. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I feel good. I feel good. I'm blessed to be here.
0: Yes, awesome. I mean, I invited you on today because, uh, as somebody who has been emceeing for the last ten years, I'm no stranger to the party space myself, and you, you really have made an impression upon the city of chicago i feel like and you are branching beyond us as well and so i wanted to take it back to the beginning real quick you started throwing parties at isu is that correct
1: Uh, i did i did uh in terms of like actually kind of professionally where it was a profitable endeavor yeah it was a chicago i mean it was a ISU. so
0: okay okay so tell me what exactly was the first event that you threw and what inspired that
1: um the first event that i actually threw when i was considering this like a semi-job i was doing it for money um it was isu's homecoming okay our main uh issue at isu we used to always get into it with the people that like live there like Mm -hmm. the people that lived in the town would come and kind of like wreck our parties they'd come like Mm -hmm. mess them up and so the last few parties we had went to we was like man these suck we always get into fights it's always an issue so me and my partner we were like man let's let's do something on our own let's throw our own parties uh we started at isu's homecoming and decided to make our party for the school campus only you had to get a ticket directly from us to go we rented out the venue uh, we actually did it with no security, which was crazy. Now that I think back back on it, but we got away with it, Y'all man. Y'all
0: throwing parties with no security. You know what? We
1: we were college students.
0: It was and a I different just, time.
1: Yeah, and I felt like everybody in the building, we knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you kind of tweaking it here, we know you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, you, you can't mess this up. This is for us. Mm-hmm. So, man, it went well. Uh, we learned our lessons that day. Uh, no incidents, no issues. And, I mean, it was a hit. It was a huge huge success. And, like, from there, I just kept doing it. Uh, I did ISU's Homecoming as recently as 2021, 20, I believe. Wow. Yeah, so, like, I kept it going.
0: So, that's pretty impressive for your first event, I would say, to be a homecoming. Yeah. Would you say that uh, college and what you studied in college prepared you for a career in event marketing?
1: Absolutely not when it comes to what I studied. I'm a criminal justice major, okay. <laughs> so, oh, wow! right? It's a completely different uh, shift uh, However, uh, I do think that the college experience itself Absolutely played a role in me being able to navigate through this uh, Through this profession.
0: So really how did it really come about then that you started throwing events because you didn't study it Were you just good at it like innately or what? Uh, I've always
1: like uh, been fairly social uh, from you know grammar school to high school. Uh, I always enjoyed being around my friends. I'm the only child, so you know I wanted to be outside all the time, uh, and I enjoyed just kind of getting out with my people and kicking it. Uh, that was it was so it was natural to me. Mm. Um, I think that. It came out of necessity when it comes to Chicago uh, because I needed something to supplement my income. I needed something to to add an addition to. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was working in social service for a while. And, uh, you know, social service is a very taxing field, and it it just doesn't pay the best. Uh, And, you know, I needed to do something else to provide for my family, and this is what I naturally knew. So. Mm -hmm. I did that.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, when it comes to like fast forwarding a little bit, you've mm-hmm. been throwing events since 09, but I've been following you, I would say maybe since around 2016 or so. Mm-hmm. And I personally have noticed a shift like around after the pandemic quote unquote what would you say was the reasoning for this this big mighty shift just as far as like a new rebranding a bunch of new events was there something that happened
1: Uh, Absolutely, Uh, there was a couple things that happened. Uh, So my real big break and when like the city kind of actually found out about me, Mm -hmm. was All-Star Weekend uh, here in Chicago. That was February, 2020, right before the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I hosted the event Stadium Status with Civilized Lifestyle, uh, Civilized Empire, uh, Mike Ori from AfroTrack and AfroFusion. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was all of us, uh, we did it at Soldier Field. It was like the largest day party that the city had during All-Star Weekend. Uh, outside of that, I had seven events that weekend that all sold out. They all went really well. Um, and they just, I mean, we we knocked it out the park. Mm -hmm. That was when, like, the city kind of found out who I was. Right after that, the world shut down. So I, I just came off my biggest weekend, not only financially, but just in terms of notoriety, uh, it was huge for me. Started getting calls from, you know, different brands and, you know, just, I had a lot set up. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we heard about COVID. Uh, wow. It was crazy. Uh, I think the city shut down St. Paddy's Day weekend, which was like maybe less than a month after that big all-star weekend shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really feel like after the pandemic, when the city started to reopen, I was already on it. I had already spoken with some venues. Venues were hurting for money. Uh, I put together a couple programs for certain venues that reached out. Uh, And one of the biggest shifts also is uh, working with my partner, Charles Protégé. Mm. Uh, He uh, ended up working for A Hospitality, which was a large hospitality group here. Uh, ended up getting um, access to a couple venues and we just knocked him out the park, man. Like uh, it was because of his relationships with the venues and then my relationships uh, with the people, you know, we were just able to really kind of bridge a gap that I felt was missing in Chicago. Um, I, I really had like a large urban professional crowd. Right. Venues are very skeptical of allowing promoters to come in specifically downtown. Uh, because they don't know who you're going to bring. Not everybody is the best guest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people just don't respect the space. Mm -hmm. So they're really leery of who they bring and who they allow to, you know, frequent their venue and who they allow to work there. Uh, Luckily, going through Protege and also having meetings with a couple of these venues myself, uh, I was able to, you know, be trusted. You know, I was able to give them enough that they needed to say, hey, we're going to knock this out and this going to be an attribute to your... Establishment and not a detriment so and it worked out
0: Hmm now you're hitting on something right there because I mean, let's just keep it a buck. You are you're a black promoter Mm -hmm. you are not, you know your skin But I feel like that's how people are looked at in some spaces Especially in like the promotional space and I mean, I'm sure I don't have to tell you that, you know Chicago is a beautiful city, but at Mm -hmm. times we can be very segregated so Beyond the fact that you've partnered with different um, promoters and businesses to help get into some of these spaces, what are other ways where you were able to navigate these non-POC spaces as a black man and as a promoter to thus allow your urban black professional crowd a safe space to party?
1: Um, I think it just came with having an established track record uh, and also having those in the industry that knew me, uh, they were able to vouch. Um, I also had hosted like, isolated one-off events or some of these venues before, so they knew me. Uh, I, I tell people all the time, your repu- your reputation precedes you. You really have to make sure your name is good. Um, you, you got kind of got to stay out the BS and really focus on your craft, man. And um, that's what I did. I always kept my head down. It was never anything uh, too boisterous about me. Uh, I always just wanted to work. And I approached that when I came into these meetings. I think that they can tell for one, um, with just me being college educated um, and outside of that, my crowd being the like and my experience with hosting these events that were predominantly, if not 100% peaceful, You know, like Mm -hmm. we just, we really didn't have any issues. Uh, We just, I just know a good group of people that want to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm kind of dealing with now. As I grow, uh, I get exposed to more people. Uh, That is a good and bad thing. Uh, because I do think that my message needs to be heard in the circles that need to hear them. Uh, you know, Chicago, like you said, is a beautiful city, but in order to maintain this beauty, in order to maintain this access, uh, we have to we have to act right, you know? Mm. Um, you have to act like this is a world-class city. Recognize where you are and uh, really respect the surroundings. Um, it's not just for you, it's for everybody else.
0: Mm. See, now this brings me to my next point. I hear you on your Instagram mentioning cousins a lot. So time. can you explain for the people, what is a cousin?
1: I'm a cousin. So it's a reference to my personal family. You know, like, uh, I love my family. Uh, I love my cousins and I love my brothers. My brothers are uh, my guys that I grew up with, uh, went to high school with, and you know, ev- not all of us uh, have been afforded the same opportunities. Um, some of us are rougher than others. Some of us have different backgrounds and you know, I'm a, I, I keep it frank. Some of us don't know how to act um, And that's why I say leave your cousin at home I, as much as I want to party with some of my best friends. I know good and well if Somebody look at me crazy. They're gonna lose it, you know, and they're gonna forget where we are
0: mm-hmm.
1: We don't have time for that. You know, what I mean like it's more on the line than just oh, this person disrespected you. Uh, I always quote this, what Nipsey Hussle said at best, like, we have to change the way that we react to disrespect. Um, I think that's a cultural thing for us. It's always going to the extreme, you know? Um, When you respect yourself, when you have higher standards for yourself, the things that other people say or do don't really matter. If it's not putting me in actual physical jeopardy, uh, I don't really care what you say. Uh, I know we learn those lessons as kids, but they don't translate well as adults. Specifically, when people have had uh, a couple drinks, uh, also people come outside to kind of burn their stress out. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever's going on in your life, you kind of got to leave that at the door and realize you you coming to have a good time. That problem is going to be there. Don't create another one here.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that goes back to the saying that, like, you know, this is why black folks can't have nothing nice. Like, it's perpetuating that stereotype. But Mm -hmm. one thing that I do love about your events and uh, you being vocal about it is that, um, you know, it all starts with us. Mm-hmm. safety is also a feeling as well and if you want to continue to party in these spaces that are nice or spaces that are typically being used to not house us you got to act mm-hmm. like you've had something before so that you know the next promoter or whoever can come along and we continue to have these type of experiences and and on that same note I wanted to know how you felt about um a lot of these events being thrown like up North or downtown and people having this perception and narrative that like downtown and up North are just the safer neighborhoods to have things. in. what, what do you have to say as far as, um, us getting some of these more sophisticated events out South and on the West sides as well? Is that something we can do and handle as a city and how would we navigate something like that?
1: Um, I think it takes more conversations like this.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I think that, uh, People using their platforms to actually speak up on what's happening. Uh, we have a narrative just in our communities, period, uh, that, like you said, we can't have anything right. Mm-hmm. With that being the case, we often kind of play into that, and we act as if the violence here is normal. Um, not outside of the violence, just the behavior in general. Uh, I talk to people quite often about how they're acting when they, when, you know, when they're outside. Uh, I've had people pull up on cars dancing, like literally yeah. on top of cars, like people taking their shoes off and, you know, just doing like a lot of inappropriate things. And when you talk to them, it's like, they feel like this is the place for that. It's literally an edict matter of education. Mm-hmm. This is not the place for that. Um, I, quite often I get, uh, some pretty some pretty uh, street knowledgeable people that reach out to me that want to come out to the events and mm-hmm. they want to feel safe too. I have conversations with those people. Like, and i just be straight up. Um, if somebody's looking for you, this isn't the place for you to come. If you got any beefs that you haven't handled um, and you are still dealing with that stuff, if you have beefs that you have handled, this, ain't, this isn't the place. You know, I, I have a, I've been tasked with this duty to keep my people safe uh, and to make sure that the establishment isn't, you know, drove through the mud because of a party that I threw. All right? And that's why I always remind people, like, uh, it's not that black people can't have anything. You know, that's not the case whatsoever. Uh, I think that it's just, we have to realize that we deserve these things. That was a part of my mission statement. When I first started, I wanted us to be able to party in the same amenities as everyone else. I don't think we have to go to the hole in the walls. I don't think that we have to drive all the way out, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. where we feel unsafe to kick it and enjoy ourselves. Right. This is our city too. But with it being our city, when something is yours, you treat it like that. Mm-hmm. If it's mine, I'm not gonna mess it up. If my car outside, I'm gonna wash it, right? I'm gonna keep it clean. I'm not gonna let everybody step on it. Um, that's the same thing with these experiences. These experiences are for y'all, they for all, all of us. They're for everyone. Treat it like it's yours, you know, like mm-hmm. respect it.
0: You know, what? this is this is bringing me to another good point of how do you feel like music uh, plays into how people act in an mm-hmm. establishment? Because there's been many scenarios um, over the past couple of years where, like, I know there was a situation where, um, Kitchen and Cocktails in Dallas. They they were blowing up in the news because people were twerking in the restaurant, uh, and that's a whole another story about how these restaurants are turning into party scenes. What is happening? But how do you feel like um, like music, the DJs, the promoters are playing a part in people's conduct mm-hmm. in these these party spaces?
1: Um, everything is. I mean, it's an intricate like soup. You know what I mean? Like it's a mm-hmm. it's a bunch of ingredients involved. Everything has something to do with it, uh, from security to the promoter to the DJs to the bottle servers uh, to the bartenders. Everyone plays a like a, a pivotal role in what you see. The final product is right. Mm-hmm. So music absolutely weighs uh, on it. Quite often, when I go into establishments that I'm breaking into, like uh, that, you know, are finally starting to. Be more accepting and just, you know, more welcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, go, I don't go left. Um, I'm sorry, but you're not gonna hear. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna diss anybody's record, but you're not gonna hear, you know, everything that you might. When you ain't gonna hear no gang stuff, you're not gonna hear like okay. you know none of the BS. We ain't coming for that. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I don't, I don't celebrate or glorify that. I'm really big on uh, uplifting who we are as a people, and honestly, that has no place in our culture now. Hmm. Um, I know it's not the reality, but as a man, I'm a father, you know, I, I worked hard and I got here so that my son doesn't have to go through those things. So I would look stupid if I was glorifying him. Anybody that's actually from the streets know that that's not a place to be. Mm -hmm. If you want to be there, you crazy. You know, and I think that collectively we can change the city if we realize our cousins, the people that are next to us, the people that we see every day are doing stupid, ignorant, harmful and just hateful things mm. based off their environments. And when we talk about environments, unfortunately, we're talking about being around each other. Right? Like, mm-hmm. we, we're talking about being around people that look like us. We should be able to trust one another. I recognize that, I recognize the effects of systemic racism. Uh, I recognize the effects of poverty and how these are intentional plans, like, you know, implemented on our people. But there has to be a time where we have to say, all right, we know all that now. So now, how are we gonna turn it around? Like, what are we gonna do? And I mean, this is bigger than a club, it's bigger than a party. Like, what are you gonna do to fix these things for your next generation? Do you mm-hmm. care about them? Do you care about yourself? Mm-hmm. I mean, and if not, you shouldn't be outside.
0: Mm, I love hearing this perspective from a club promoter or an event curator, period, on just, like, how music can usher in a certain spirit in an atmosphere. Like, nobody's talking about this, like, and I know that can go down a different rabbit hole, but, like, if you think about it in that in that pursuit, like music really be out here making people do crazy things like you got the drinks mixing with the fact that you talking about the blickies like and now now we had to shut the party down man (laughs) man man Uh, I want to know, um, I go to different cities sometimes. I've been to New Orleans. I've even been to like uh, Louisville, Kentucky. It's 4 a.m. There's still somewhere to party. I ain't mm-hmm. never been to these places before, but I can walk into an establishment and know it's going to be lit. Why do you feel like in the city of Chicago, you have to know who's promoting the hottest party or else you can't just walk into a place and it be cracking? What do you feel like needs to be done in Chicago to ensure Chicago stays busing
1: um so chicago is is amazing, man like uh I just so happen to be you know i guess in the know you uh,
0: are the man you know, I I'm send people like... <laughs> your Instagram page all the time well I appreciate that i yeah. I
1: appreciate the uh the words of encouragement too, for real, but um you just gotta know where it's at, and uh, again it. There can be so many things. The only reason why things are shut down right now, the only reason why people's businesses are not open is because of other people's behavior. It's not like, you know. Now, I will say, as as a promoter, we have the duty to screen our clients. We have a duty to establish a precedence. And some promoters... Uh, and I mean, you guys know who you are, um, are so money hungry that they don't consider this person don't like this person. Mm. This person is into it with these guys and we over here in their hood. Um, I require people to give me their social media um, in order to get on my guest list. And you have to be on the guest list to even come to the party. So when I look, sometimes people will send me somebody and I'll be like, hey, I'm sorry, I have to deny your party so-and-so right here is involved in a gang. Um, These people always have these crazy stories like, no, actually he just graduated from whatever school. Mm -hmm. Well, why is he not showing that versus him and all three of his partners, what they had to the left and I scroll down and I hear the gang talk, I can read it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm from here, I'm born and raised here. I I know what this means. And now you're enabling this person by acting as if that's not what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So if we want to keep Chicago bussing and you want access to all these places, uh, obviously it's, it, again, it starts with us. Um, there are places that you can go till 4 or 5 a.m. right now and they be cracking, i be in them. Uh, it'd be a good time. But some of you will not be able to get in them because of what, <laughs> what you do, <laughs> like, I mean, And I wouldn't let you in either. You know, I'm not trying to be, you know, mean about it, but I think that there needs to be some personal uh, accountability Mm -hmm. about how we coming. Mm -hmm. You know, like straighten up your act, man. You got the, you know, you you have to act like, again, you've been here before and show some respect to yourself, your family, and you know, who you are. Like, I'm really an advocate of put the guns down, Mm -hmm. relax, you know what I'm saying? It's, It's never that deep. I know the streets can be deeper than what I'm making it right now but eventually somebody has to stop
0: Mm -hmm. so and You're I right. don't disagree with you about any of that. Like, I actually, I didn't know that you were going through screening people's IGs like that. Absolutely. And I really feel like if more, <laughs> more promoters and event curators did that, it, we really could help create a safer Chicago just in the event realm, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but really more so what I want to tap into with that question is, like, do you feel like there is more room in partnership with the people who throw events in the city and the city of Chicago? So that mm. tourists, people who don't even know how to even get in contact with a Sigma Chris, can know if I just stop into this restaurant, this club, it's gonna be bussing. Like where do mm. we go? Because it's not like we can just go to Navy Pier, one of the top pinnacle places, and mm. know that it's gonna be busting on any given night. Right.
1: Um, I think that that is where I've made a living. You know, uh, I, I I don't want to I don't, don't want to take any food out of my mouth. So I'm gonna say, follow me at sigma underscore chris um i I have events from wednesday through sunday at almost all times of the day uh but i and i think that that is what my you know one of my goals uh is is just to just to kind of keep finding these places that are willing to allow us to have a good time how we want to have it but while still maintaining that professionalism um the ambiance and everything else also i think we can work hand in hand with the city for sure to not only kind of get the message out, mm-hmm. but also to maintain its safety. Um, this is something that they can also help with, with initiatives and backing us instead of trying to shut everything down when something does right. unfortunately happen. When things happen in front of these venues or in these venues, the city kind of treats it as if, as if that business was the problem. And mm-hmm. occasionally that is the case, but unfortunately what they're doing is they're, they're typecasting and stereotyping this business this type of business they don't want they don't realize like you know there's a large young population here in the city that want to have a good time Mm -hmm. eventually we will we will outnumber those that don't want to have a good time you know like like the city's young man like uh more younger people uh, more young people are moving downtown people are getting better jobs uh it's just people are aging out and moving you know into retirement homes and things like that the city is vibrant uh, yeah. More people are coming to find out about it. Social media has exposed so much beauty in Chicago that now people are coming from out of town. I get people all the time from out of town, trying to come and see what's up with these parties and what's what what have they heard? TikTok I went viral on there a couple times. Now people are like, yo, Chicago, what's going on? We keep hearing about this. We keep hearing about mm-hmm. that. These are opportunities to drive revenue to the city. Right. The city, it would behoove the city to work with professionals like myself and other event curators to make sure that we capitalize on all of this and give opportunities that are safe to the people. Also, in speaking back to your point, cause I don't think I addressed it, but about is there room to even bring stuff to the South and the West sides? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think that we can absolutely partner, but again, it's, it matters who's doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that person's, um, dedication to keeping these events safe. Right. Uh, so it's all about the curator and, you know, eventually you can't stop everything from happening. You know, right. uh, that that's impossible. This is life. People are fallible. However, uh, you got to do your best. And if you do your best, uh, I believe that good things will happen.
0: Absolutely awesome well now i kind of want to get into some of the fun things now that we talked about all the politics around it so people on your ig be grilling you they be want to know if you single what's t how many kids you got and everything i want to know as a man who spends a lot of your days and nights in the club do you feel like you can find a good guy or a girl in the club or have you ever found love in the club
1: Um, I've never found love in the club, but it's not that I go there to look. I don't really, you know, it's not really on my mind right now. I'm really focused. Um, You know, I've dated people and I date, um, but that doesn't mean, I don't know. It's just not my focus. Uh, I think that now I do know there's some great men and women in the club that come out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever it is that you're looking for, you can absolutely probably find it. Uh, It's just a you know, it's a crapshoot. It's like anything else. It's like being anywhere else
0: So you a focused man on his money ain't nobody bout to sway you no matter how fan they wig is laid in the club It ain't gonna get
1: you. Uh, I think that the biggest well For me it's more about what I would be able to offer that person like right Mm -hmm. now um, Like I'm after this. I'm gonna go to my event after my Mm -hmm. event. I fly out to LA in the morning then I come back on Sundays I mean on Saturday as soon as I leave As soon as I get off the plane, I go straight to my other event. Mm -hmm. After that event, I have another event. Right. Like, um, I'm consumed with my career right now. Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of unfair for someone who chooses to deal with me. Mm. Uh, They probably want some of my time, too, you know? Absolutely. And right now, I know my time is limited. uh, And I just... I don't believe in letting things deter my focus. Uh, also, I'm a father, you know, like uh, my children need me even more so than these streets, than these clubs. Right. So between my kids and, you know, working, you'd have to be a really understanding woman to, mm. you know, fit me in your life and allow me to fit you in mine.
0: Mm, that was so responsible and nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> and you do deserve love, and you gonna get it. And I know, like, there's somebody for everybody for sure. I don't know if you are gonna have to date a DJ or something like like, like that. Industry but, relationships
1: work better, yeah, sure, i think for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like,
0: because then you probably wouldn't get nobody being jealous that you was at the club, thinking you doing yeah, something. Yeah. I was like, girl, I'm literally at work at 5 a.m. So, <laughs> um, and in that same vein, do you have any like funny stories, funniest club stories? I I know you didn't seen some of everything like you ever experienced maybe like a guy or a girl in the club a bunch of different nights with a different person and you just like i ain't even finna say that like
1: oh <laughs> uh, one day one thing i'm gonna do is mind my business so <laughs> I, I may see it but i don't see it you know what i mean okay. um I, when it comes to funny club stories usually they're like bothersome more so than funny like why okay. did you do that what, uh, what
0: irritates you
1: just i mean they just the entitlement of people uh the entitlement of our patrons sometimes like man i'm coming out i'm spending all this money and this done the others so they expect like people act as if you made them do these things mm-hmm. and sometimes i have to remind like you know this event oh so that's another thing the majority of my events are free i don't charge cover mm-hmm. um so when you come like you can come and go you didn't commit to you know this financially mm-hmm. for real I offered a good time and you chose it. Mm -hmm. So you can always choose if you don't like something in a venue to, you know, like exit. Um, I think that sometimes people feel like you owe them so much and it's just like, man, look, this place was gonna go regardless. Um, I want you to have a good time, but that doesn't mean you could disrespect staff. Doesn't mean, you know, like, everybody's at your beck and call. I also am not a waiter, busser, or a bartender. I, I do the marketing for this place. So when you ask me to go get your server, I, I think you tweaking. Like, that's not that's not what I do. Um, you, you might have to go find your server if she's taking too long. Okay. And you can also complain to the management about it's just like a restaurant or anything right. else if your server's taking that too long talk to the server please talk to the establishment i'm handling the marketing hey. um you know but I, I still oblige quite often so I, it is it's not as funny as it is bothersome um but there is a, i did have one story that was funny when i first started um throwing concert at isu and uh I can say, because these are my homies. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Jeremiah and Adam, right? So Jeremiah was just now blowing up. Birthday Sex was okay. on the radio, whatever. Uh, and we kind of like grew up in the same circle. So I hit him. Like, I was like, bro, I want to hire you to sing Birthday Sex at this uh, Sigma event that I had, right? Mm-hmm. So we hire him to uh, do it. The event is going on. I have not heard from him yet. I'm like, you know, where y'all at? So, I call, I think I call, I call Adam. I call Adam and I'm like, hey bro, what y'all, what y'all doing? Adam is like, uh, yeah, man, we at the crib. Uh, I'm about to get Jay right now. Uh, I think we supposed to be coming down to your school. I'm like, yeah, bro, <laughs> yeah, like we waiting on you. And he's like, oh man, we'll be there in a second. Like uh, we ain't gonna speed or nothing, but we'll be there, they in Chicago. I'm in Bloomington Normal, two hours away. Right. So uh, I'm like, damn, I done promoted this. People are here for him somehow they make it they get there as the last act is going right mm-hmm. so i go meet them in a the lot uh and i'm like bro y'all ready like you kind of got to go straight to the stage they like bet uh we don't have the music do you have the song i was like we, we are rookies at this time so shout out to them obviously it got better yeah. you know what i mean with we like young mm-hmm. young and so i'm like i run out to my car That was when we used to burn CDs.
0: Oh my God. And I
1: just so happened to have the track on this CD, which skipped left and right. Oh. (laughs) But for some reason, I pop it in, it did not skip during his performance. He got it off. Got off stage in time. That was just like, God, man. Like, uh, and it just, it just worked out. So, shout out to Jeremiah and Adam and the whole camp. Hey, Look, Keith came down, man. Uh, it was fun, but that was crazy to me.
0: I was about to say, please don't tell me birthday <laughs> sex was skipping.
1: Nah, nah, it didn't sk- It skipped in my car every time, but. Oh,
0: now that was God. You
1: know, it, it definitely played that time. So, that was probably the funniest thing because it ended up working out well.
0: Okay, for sure. <laughs> no, that is kind of hilarious. Uh, what would even be more funny is it, will we get a chance to see you stepping, strolling at all at any of these parties, Mr. Sigma Chris? You know
1: what? If you if you catch me strolling, I should probably be strolling out the door. Okay, I'm, out, I'm I'm absolutely out my body at that point. <laughs> gotcha. uh, yeah, you know a little too late. But I don't know. Catch me at home coming to something. I act a fool. You know, I'm the step. I'm, uh, we were step champions when I was there. So okay, I got a little something in me.
0: Okay for sure Well look I want to thank you For joining me on the Vicky Street Show
1: For sure Thank you for having me
0: Yeah I'll see you in these streets And y'all stay tuned Because when we come back from this break We gonna talk to somebody else Who ain't no stranger to these clubs either Y'all keep it locked It's your girl Vicky Street Looking to have your event laid out in excellence? Well look no further Divine Treats and Heavenly Eats Specializes in gourmet catering and event planning you can choose from a range of cuisines, themes, and colors that'll best fit your occasion. They even offer private chefing and meal prep subscriptions. So call today and save on a heavenly service of your choice by mentioning the Vicki Street Show, 888-355-3811, or visit heavenlyeats.com. And don't forget to follow them on Instagram at heavenly underscore eats for mouthwatering treats what's up y'all it's your girl vicky street and you're back at it again with me and another special guest uh on this episode of damn i hate the club now this guy who we got he's no stranger to the club and it's none only than my man casey the bodyguard so what's up What's going on? Thanks for having me. Big Gentle Giants, you you know I love you, and I have to bring you Thanks. on here because every time I see you in a club with somebody, you in a club with somebody, it's an event, it's a concert, something like that. But one thing I love about you is that you keep God in it at all aspects. Now, with that, that means that you have to have a high sense of discernment. So what I want to know from you is how do you differentiate a fan Versus someone posing as a fan with bad intentions.
2: <clears throat> well, I mean, the first thing that, that I pay attention to is uh, your body language mm-hmm. first, and then uh, usually I'm a good judge of character. So, um, energy, your spirit—you know—you you can look at someone's eyes. Well, I can—I mm-hmm. can look at somebody's eyes and immediately pick pick it up. So, okay. You'll know the
0: difference. I mean, what if they got on sunglasses? Then what's
2: up? I don't stop. My,
0: <laughs> you you pulling down sunglasses nah, in the club? No, you're
2: spiritual. You're spiritual.
0: Period. Come yeah. on. So, so okay. what would be the difference between you and another bodyguard then? Is it the spiritual aspect or what?
2: Um. Well, I can only speak for me. But for me, um, I do what I do because I feel like this is one of my callings mm-hmm. To be a protector. It's not about bragging rights, it's not about, you know, none of that. I'm not just in it for the money. Mm-hmm. So
0: Now, your job is to protect a lot of people. And I know, I feel like in this last year, we've lost a couple notable people, like R.I.P. Young Dolph, R.I.P. Takeoff. What is your thoughts surrounding around the fact that there was no one to protect them there?
2: I mean, It's kind of um, like I stressed to even you mm-hmm. the importance of having having security. Anytime that you're in a you know you're in a public eye, um, not everybody is your fan. You know, and it's sad to say that majority of the hatred that we endure comes from people in our circle, our own city. Mm-hmm. So you know I, you know I, I always tell people you know if this is what you want to do, it's going to put you in the forefront. Uh, public figure, you know, maybe it's time. You know, it's time for you to start thinking about safety, mm-hmm. because it don't matter if you're a rapper, actor, politician. You know what I'm saying? If you up front and all eyes on you, you know, it's, it's gonna attract some negativity.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I have my own security.
0: Okay. So. Okay, so you protect it the security guard protected, and basically these folks, they just they can't afford to be lackadaisical is what you're saying. No matter if nah. you at the crap game, no matter if you going to get some cookies, like you can't even – what do you feel about that, though, as an artist who's just trying to have some sense of normalcy, though? Like how is an artist able to have a sense of normalcy without having to have security all the time with them?
2: I mean, it kind of comes with it. You know, it's just.
0: That's what you sign up for.
2: That's what you sign up for. And a lot of people, you know, might think, oh, okay, you know, I don't need it because I got my squad with me or something like that. But truthfully, that's where the hatreds will come from. Mm-hmm. The same entourage of people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it don't come from strangers. It's not like how it was back in the day where, you know, you had to watch, you know, the outsiders. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff that you see nowadays on phone is coming from the inside. Hmm. The, the, that circle is the ones that you least expect. In. Because, you know, nowadays everybody don't have the, the right intentions. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the dollar sign. And, you know, when people are looking at the dollar sign, it's no loyalty. So, you know.
0: It's interesting that you say that. And I know it got to be facts. It's always the one, the people who are closest to you. Um, do you have certain, I feel like I know the answer to this, but for the people to know, do you have certain processes in place where you're vetting the people who are around these folks who think that they may be their friends?
2: Uh, I'm very observant. Yeah. And um, if I hear something, See something? I'm definitely telling the client
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's their choice if they, you know, take heed. It's been situations where, um, I you know I observed behavior mm. from like family members, you know, overheard conversations, and that's why I brought it to the client. Client, you know, didn't listen to me, until after something happened. So.
0: Have you, because we've been talking about the club this whole episode, the club can be a great and a horrible place, especially when you got ops in the building. Have you ever been in a situation where you were the protector of two different clients from two opposing crews, and how did you deal with that?
2: Um, Yeah, all the time. Yeah? Especially de- dealing with the music industry. Um, Majority of the clients that I meet, you know, I kind of build a relationship with them where you know i don't care about the music beef mm. i'm talking about real life where you know i give them reality checks and a lot of them it's more of the respect you know so even if they want to shoot each other they're not gonna do it in my presence
0: hmm. so you basically sit both your your opposing clients and I'm yeah. like y'all better act right
2: yeah you have to <laughs> okay you know, so, I mean, a lot of... St-
0: Doesn't that get sticky, though? Like, are your clients ever upset at you? Like, feel like you picking sides or being loyal to one over the other? Yeah. Yeah, how do you deal with that?
2: Um, I don't.
0: No, you just be like, look, if you don't I'm, like, I'm, y'all can hire somebody else. I'm
2: very transparent. Okay. It don't matter what level of celebrity you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to treat you regularly. You wanna be treated treated regular, I'ma treat you regular. So, you know, I'm very transparent when it comes out of that.
0: Okay. You okay. know. I do. Know. <laughs> but but also it's like, that's not your fault that people beef. You know, that ain't got nothing to do with you, but they hired you to do Truthfully,
2: I'm gonna be honest with you. 90% of the beef that you see in the music, it's not coming from the actual artists. It's their entourages. It's their fans. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, the clients find themselves trying to um, impress their entourage. You know what I'm saying? -hmm. They don't really want to be with that client. You know what I'm saying? But
0: like people just stirring up mess. Yeah.
2: You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the bigger the entourage, the more likely you're going to get into something.
0: Okay, got you. Now, let's fast forward and talk about who are some of your favorite people that you have done security for? Because I didn't seen you be with everybody from Keisha Cole to Javonta Davis. So, I know you can't really pick sides, but it's okay to have a soft spot. So, let me know.
2: Oh, uh, well, of course, fire Khan with you.
0: Oh, come on. I'm going to break
2: it now. <laughs> you know me. I'm not. See, it's a difference when you look at someone just like a client, mm-hmm. that's business. But it's a difference when they become family. You more family, mm-hmm. so which makes me more overprotective of you. You know what I'm saying? It's not mm-hmm. necessarily about the money or, uh, you know, I'm detailing for her and none of that. I care less about any of that. But, yeah, you definitely, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, you cool, down to earth, transparent. A lot of people find you intimidated because they can't understand you.
0: Mm, talk to them.
2: You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it just, and it's great because it's like I see your vision. You know what I'm saying? I, I see what you want to do and how you doing it. And to see it unfold. You know what I'm saying it's a blessing, very spiritual, yeah, and you don't see that on a lot of clients, you know,
0: and you know what that's if you know if I have to go to like who do you pick to be your bodyguard type deal like to have somebody who has my back who also speaks frequently to the Lord is something that you have to have, you know, um. Now, I used to be naive back in the day and think I didn't have no haters, you know? That's real naive to think that there is nobody who doesn't like you or people who don't have ill intentions for you. But I do feel like I don't keep up a bunch of mess. But with that, um, when it comes to securing for people, what would you say has been, like, one of your, like, the worst altercations that you have been through? I mean, like, obviously you still alive, but I know that you've been shot at. Would you say that you've had like some situations that like, boy, I ain't even finna mess with you no more.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, quite a few of them, it's a lot of
0: them. Yeah, give me one of them.
2: Uh, A shootout between two clients that actually was family members. Dang so i mean you know of course i can't drop no names because you know it's still a open investigation Mm -hmm. but uh you know it's a blessing because i've seen guards get taken out yeah and people gotta understand it's more to just physically standing with a client mentally you have to be sharp emotionally spiritually plays a big part because sometimes you're going to be put in situations where you're going to have to ask god to forgive you mm-hmm. despite you know see people don't see that side of it it's a lot of stuff that we go through like i know guards that's been killed i know guards that's paralyzed i know guards that's in jail 20 plus years by doing their job and you know sometimes when that does happen truthfully um the client they're not finna show up in court they're not finna pay for your funeral you know they're not gonna raise the kids yeah but here it is you know that guard didn't risk their life in fact you'll be replaced the same day Mm. quickly you know what i'm saying so i mean that's why i decided really to open up and kind of share light on the bodyguard industry so that's why you see me uploading footage. It's not for bragging rights. It's to show not just the world, but other guards, you know, like tips. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's a blessing to be able to encourage somebody and help them from making a mistake. Oh. Cause I didn't have nobody to teach me. I learned the hard way. Yeah. So. Sometimes it might cost you your life. Sometimes it won't.
0: Well, I mean, I'm glad ain't nobody take you out just yet. I know it's a really <laughs> tough.
2: Don't say yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, knock on wood. But you're right. here, though, and I'm glad to even know you as a person. I feel like many people don't get a chance to speak very candidly with a bodyguard. And this is not all that you do either. I know that you have a search and rescue um mission and initiative that you do so speak a little bit about that because um, obviously it's very important
2: um basically um you know i decided to do a search and recovery team
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, based out of illinois that covers from illinois to indiana because it's so many people that come up missing every day throughout the day mm-hmm. literally Some I found alive, some I found deceased, and it's more kidnapping and people missing than it is people getting killed by gun violence and nobody speaks on it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's just my job comes in. It's sad to say that, you know, um, a lot of people that come up missing, they don't get the help from their mayor, or the local police department at all. So, you know, families normally will reach out to us. We have resources from drones to horses, four-wheelers, boats. Uh, We don't mind going through the woods, buying the buildings, buying the houses, anything we have to do to find, you know, the loved one. So, you know, it just, you know, I think that's You know, one of the problems was wrong with everybody now. You know, everybody want to talk about it. They want to talk the talk, but they ain't walking it. Right. So...
0: Well, I mean, keep on doing the Lord's work because that's definitely what it is. And, I mean, shoot. This whole episode I've been talking about how I just feel like we need to bridge the gap between what the good people who are top people in Chicago are doing with the city of Chicago, you know? But regardless, until we get everybody on board, I just want you to continue to do that. And, of course, any way I can help spread the good message, I will. Do you have any final words that you would like to say about anything that Casey the Bodyguard is doing? Um, and how they can stay tuned in with you?
2: I mean, you know, it's real simple. Keep God first and we go stay connected. Because, mm-hmm. uh... You know, I don't just hang around everybody. You know, I'm real big on energy, especially nowadays since COVID.
0: Okay, you, know what you can't even pass the blunt in peace no more. No, you know, <laughs> I, you, know I'm, so,
2: you know, I mean, it's just real simple. At you know, at the end of the day, you got to be obedient to God. You know, everybody, you know, don't know they calling. Some do. But they, I've seen people answer their calling, but at the same time sell their souls to the devil. Mm-hmm. Quickly. And it don't matter if you're a music artist, a bodyguard, I have seen guards do it. You know what I'm saying? so you got to understand that we're living in the days where it's a spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And... The devil knows everybody weaknesses. So he uses that against us.
0: You preach it up in here.
2: Like, you know, I don't really want to get spiritual, but and We
0: didn't get there.
2: So, you know, it just you know, it just uh that's the number one thing of survival nowadays.
0: No, but for real, for real, in all seriousness, like this episode about club culture events. The music industry in general, artists, one thing that I want listeners to leave um if we had to give a message or a piece of advice is like you know, just keep on with that spiritual intuition and that discernment, like I don't care if we mention in God, maybe you don't believe in God, okay, so what, but keep your eyes and ears open, your third eye open as well um and also just continue to be a good person and look out for those on the left and the right of you it's about building community as Mm -hmm. well you know i sit at the intersection of being an artist a black woman in chicago like and a person who has so many angels encamped around her. And so I just want, you know, this podcast to continue to uplift and educate people on all levels, spiritual or otherwise. And with that, I just want to thank you for coming on to this episode so much. It means a lot to me. And uh, let the people know where they can follow you and get in tune with you.
2: Um, it's real simple. It don't matter if it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google. Whatever, just type in Casey Bodyguard.
0: Period. And y'all already know how to get in tune with me. It's your girl, Vicky Street. It's my podcast. And you're watching and listening to another episode of the Vicky Street Show, the all-new Vicky Street Show podcast edition. We will have some corresponding playlists associated with this episode, so make sure you click that in the description box. I'll see y'all and hear from y'all next time. Just been a fan don't worry about what I put up and worry about that minivan van <clears> like <throat> Coming through the door